0: Hello, and welcome to the My Hope Story podcast from Hope Community Church, Bilanark. Stories of hope, all about Jesus. Hello. Hi. How you doing?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I'm good. You had a good snow day?
1: Yes, it's been exciting. I am glad to see snow here in Glasgow.
0: Yeah, it'll be ice tomorrow though.
1: That's okay too though, because then the pond is... I we went out with the bellboys on the pond and it was fun.
0: That's cool. What pond?
1: Down by... Early Brings?
0: Ah, yeah. Yeah,
1: We took Alley down there too.
0: Yeah, the backfields. Mm-hmm. Yes, no the backfields. Backfields. It
1: was near the river, as you say, a.k.a. the creek. <laughs> the boys told me they went to the river and I was like, what river? <laughs>
0: So that brings me on to the fact <laughs> that we have an American <laughs> <laughs> on the pod now. Uh, Americans have been spoke about throughout, so it's good to finally have one on. Uh, I'm disappointed that we're like four episodes in before it's happened. But well,
1: you know, we're a small number of us. So it's a well,
0: for a while it was just you that was the American. Now yeah, you have a competition.
1: Not competition. <laughs> I have <laughs> cooperation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so I'm assuming you've watched or listened to the previous episodes.
1: I saw all of Pete's, and I was listening to Dilly's tonight while I was making dinner. It was lovely.
0: You should have them all done by now. I like
1: should do. I'm sorry. I'm behind on my homework. <laughs> yes, <I thought laughs> so you at least you know the format then. I do, yes.
0: So that's good. So, yes. Who um, is yeah, that's a good shout. <laughs> who is this? Um, why don't you introduce yourself, who you are, what, um, what your role is within the church?
1: Sure. Uh, I'm Faith. I come from Cleveland, Ohio in America. Um, and my church there partners with Hope Here um, yep. at City Church Heights. And yeah, I'm here as a ministry intern. I work with our kids, with our kids' ministry, and also um, partially as a women's worker. So, yeah. Amazing. I love it.
0: So you get to deal with all the kids that none of us us want to deal with. I
1: don't know about that, but I do get to work with the kids, so it's fun.
0: Okay. So let's go back to uh, young Faith and (laughs) big America.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, You sure?
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we've got all night. We do. uh,
1: Micah asked how long we'd be here. He's like, that's going to be all night. I was like, yeah. I thought he meant like, we're doing it tonight he was like like 12 hours <laughs> I was <laughs> like no you're right you got me
0: well it depends how I mean it's you know, it fine
1: anyway.
0: <laughs> so young faith in America um tell us about it what was your family like what um do you have any brothers sisters and so on and so forth
1: yeah so my mom was actually laughing uh last year I was on a video call I think for my birthday and the boys at the Stewart house where I live tackled me on the <laughs> video call and uh so there's three of them, and my mom was laughing because she was like, It's like you're destined to always be around three brothers. Uh, so I grew up with three brothers. Yeah. But I am the only girl um, of four kids. And there's quite a lot of space between us. Um, we were homeschooled, I was a mountain girl, theater kid. Yeah, it's a good okay. time. <laughs>
0: So how come every american seems to be homeschooled as well that, that i mean it i think it's just
1: thoughts? that there's a majority of people who are interested in the work here who happen to have homeschool background like i think yeah. there's a connection but certainly i have a m- majority of friends who are not homeschooled in the states i would say
0: okay so three brothers yes um (laughs) that must have been some household for you
1: it was yeah
0: (laughs) Uh, are they all older brothers
1: no i am the oldest that was what i had going for me yeah yeah
0: so you played the big sister role
1: yeah and i mean to the two youngest almost like second mom just in the sense of like age gap not for any other reason but i was 10 and 13 when they were born so
0: that's quite the gap
1: yeah pretty big gap there
0: Okay, so, Christian household?
1: Uh, I would have said yes growing up. I was churched, for sure. Um, <laughs>
0: I was churched.
1: <laughs> well, it's like <laughs> churchy terminology. Like, I knew the church. I grew up in the church. Um, I knew Jesus at a young age, and I would have said I grew up in a Christian household. My mom would now not profess faith, and then like okay. the two of my brothers would, and then one wouldn't. So... Um, I think it makes it hard to answer as an adult because I'm like yes I did but also now it's split so
0: interesting I'm sure we can find out a little bit more about (laughs) that later on so were you homeschooled your full school life
1: no it wasn't I started in school Um, I went to kindergarten first and second and then partly at a Christian school for third grade um I was I've always been an anxious little thing and so in kindergarten (laughs) I would come home with stress headaches.
0: Stress headaches.
1: Yeah Uh, I loved kindergarten I love school and I both do well and horribly with social pressure so like I did well in school. Um, I loved it. It was different from so my brother Devin. He He didn't last like two weeks into kindergarten, but that's because he was so smart. So (laughs) like he would come home and he'd be like, it's so boring. (laughs) like, like, all we do is cut out circles. Uh, I loved cutting out circles. I was fine with that. But any kind of like uh, expectation on me while I could rise to it, it also just like would send perfectionist faith into a tizzy. So I both loved kindergarten and (laughs) came home with stress headaches. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, what ages are you talking here?
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. American talking. So, kindergarten, I would have been about five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why, like, if I see any of our, like, firstborn kiddos, like, it sounds so funny to say that happening so young, but I can see that in some of our kiddos, too. Like, just yep. this drive for, like, no, if I can't do it right, then. I'm not going to do it, or that drive for perfection and, like, that if I if I can't do it perfectly, I won't do it. When I see that in one of our little ones, it just gets my heart, because, like, I know that feeling, um, yeah. and I know how it can follow you into adulthood, too, so, yeah, it just gets me for them at a little age to be like, you don't have to be perfect, it's okay. Uh, yeah.
0: So. Okay. <laughs> I-, I hope you're not going to cry you on this. Because no, <laughs> I mean, I might.
1: I've been really emotional this week, so... I started crying telling a really funny story at dinner the other night, so... If a you cry,
0: I happen. will walk out. You just, won't cry? I'll walk me? out. You're just going to leave. I will walk out. I will cry harder, <laughs>
1: and then you'll be on videotape, and it'll be terrible. Yeah, that's fine. It'll become... Yeah, it'll be viral.
0: <laughs> uh. Anyway, so <laughs> you you kind of see yourself and, and some of our kids when they, they get yeah. that frustration. And Definitely. And don't have that. So... You mentioned that, you know, you of in, in a Christian household. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to church. Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying going to church? Is that yeah. something? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think there is good things about that. And then, I mean, I, I just think that plays a lot into my journey of faith and knowing Jesus. So I, I was a really good kid. was a really moral kid. I loved rules. I liked moral things, like that perfectionist (laughs) vibe. Like I really enjoyed church. And I think there were two elements to that. Like, I think it definitely helped that structure and that like, this is who you're supposed to be. Like, this is a good thing. Well, also I loved it. Like, I think that the Lord, um, caught my heart at a really early age. Um, I read really early and I think the Lord used that very much in just giving me an early love for his word and i think that was a huge foundation for me um and i loved being at church like whether that was uh yeah moralist perfectionism and a love for the lord like i think it's hard to untie those things but i did i did love being at church
0: what was your church like i think most people (laughs) would probably picture an american church being (laughs) Like this big choir singing and dancing no. <laughs> no. and hallelujahs yeah. and all the rest of it.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, we were part of a few different churches growing up. Um, so I have really vague memories of like the Baptist church that I was little in. Um, and my parents, I think, were youth leaders there actually. My biggest memory there is being on a retreat when I was like three and stepping in my dad's coffee. Like that's my earliest memory. Um but then we went to a church that was really uh, kind of underlying charismatic for a while. So not charismatic in the sense that we would have walked in and been like, oh, this is a charismatic church, kind of yeah. grew into that. Which meant that like in the early days, it was a great community, like worship was awesome. Um, again, I was really young at that time, so I don't remember a ton. I remember we met in a school building, but I also remember very clearly like at over the time that we were getting there and just started to yeah. get a little more and more wonky um and not solid at all um so we eventually wound up leaving that church just as they just got yeah just really far off the deep end of from the bible and <laughs> what was true christianity so okay. yeah and then we grew up uh i grew up mostly in a church um nearer to where we wound up living, um, yeah, just a small little Baptist church, I guess. But no choir for sure. In fact, my love of hymns came in college. We didn't; they were very proud of not singing hymns at my <laughs> church growing up, which what? now makes me really sad because, like, yeah. they're so rich. But it was very much a generation of people who had grown up in churches like that and were very much rejecting. Like, yeah. we don't do things that rigidly. Um, Yeah, so
0: that makes me a little bit sad. Me
1: too. Yeah, and actually, I think I really benefited from. I remember conversations with my overhearing conversations that my parents would have um, about how they wished we did sing hymns and why that was important. Which is funny because we'd never really been in a church where we did that, except maybe when I was tiny. Um, So that was like lodged in my head, but I still didn't have a lot of hymn knowledge until i went to belhaven so yeah but yeah no choirs no robes nothing like
0: that (sighs) that's disappointing
1: sorry i have been to a church like that but i have never belonged to a church like that okay sorry to disappoint you (sighs) i'll
0: I'll get over it i'll get over it so you're in school um you mentioned that you eventually became homeschooled yeah what was that transition all about
1: I think at the time, actually it's funny because I think at the time it was more for reasons of faith. Like I think that was one of the reasons my mom chose to do it. When we decided to do it, it really, like you were joking about how everyone seems to homeschool in the States, but there was a time where that definitely wasn't true. Like I remember when we started homeschooling, we we had to be careful, like when we would go grocery shopping and stuff because we would definitely get asked like, why aren't you in school and like, yeah. um, It was a really different world then for homeschoolers um but yeah i think originally my mom's reasons were a little more faith-based and then became just more uh yeah about um her ideas of schooling which i also support um but yeah i think the reasons that we did it shifted through the years probably
0: so what age were you then when you started that
1: i must have been Can't remember if well I guess I would have gone partly for third I guess around like nine or ten it feels earlier than that that's why I'm not (laughs) sure but like I guess around 10 because it must have been when Lucas was born I think we must have done a stint before then and then tried Christian school and then came back to homeschooling
0: okay so what was was Christian school what is that
1: I was so short-lived I couldn't even tell you I just remember like <laughs> I remember it being funny because it was a very conservative school, and so like I remember it being a really strange thing that my dad had long hair <laughs> and brewed okay. beer. Like that was not something that uh, would have been acceptable in that school, but it was true with my family. So yeah, I don't remember a lot about that time.
0: Yeah, because Jesus calls for his all to be clean shaven. Yeah, yeah, short hair.
1: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. you need to Oh, that cut was her it. Hair. It was funny because my mom had short hair and my dad had long hair. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> <Roll> <laughs> totally reversal. the opposite of what would have been acceptable <laughs> I okay. do remember shooting chocolate milk at my nose in the cafeteria of that school. So I was telling the boys about it the other day.
0: Yeah, that's not what I was alluding to, but No, yeah, okay. That's Sorry. interesting though.
1: Yeah, that's all I really remember.
0: <laughs> okay, so how did you feel about it? moving to homeschool then because I'm assuming you've got friends that you're possibly leaving behind
1: so I don't really remember that transition um I certainly don't remember it being rough or difficult I think I was excited about the idea of homeschooling I do not really know what it was I do remember my mom like telling me about the term I think on the way to school once and it's funny to think of that like being a new idea mm-hmm. I don't think that that would be a reaction now Especially, you know, since the whole world is homeschooling in long up. Well, that's <laughs> true. For um, a whole
0: different reason. Not because everyone's dads have got long hair. Right.
1: <laughs> no, and that wasn't why we homeschooled <laughs> either. Um, I think we realised that, yeah, Christian school, that Christian school was not a great fit. It was also really far from our house. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't remember the transition. I do, however, remember, <laughs> like, how we started being very different. From how we did it and my poor mother having to like suffer through my reaction to pressure <laughs> like yeah uh, apparently I didn't do well with our structure and I just remember like yeah crying and being an adult now it's funny to not funny but I feel bad for my mom probably being like I don't know what to do here. <laughs> <laughs> like what is wrong with this child yeah
0: and now Pete has to deal with that when you're Cry because it doesn't quite work.
1: Yeah, I think I've grown and matured a little bit, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Pete Bell, let's be clear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because Pete Stewart doesn't care about people's feelings.
1: Well, Pete Stewart does question me, though. on Like, I'm really ruminative, and so, like, I'll say something. And we're all pretty snarky around here, and that's fine, but sometimes I'll say something, and then, like, five hours later, and, like, Pete, when I said that... I didn't mean it this way. And what I meant. he's like, are you still thinking about that? What is wrong with you? And I'm like, I can't shut my brain off. I'm sorry. And he's like, I, it, it must be really exhausting to be you. I'm like, yes, it is. Thank you for noticing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're clearly jumping forward. Let's go back. <laughs>
1: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's exhausting to be me, so. Yeah.
0: Um, so you're being homeschooled, so you're, you're about mm-hmm. to be homeschooled and you're kind of transitioning into that. How close were you? as a family
1: I think we were close um my brother and I certainly so De- it was mostly Devon and I at that point like Lucas was brand new um and yeah we were buds maybe even maybe mostly up to that point at that time like I think I think new siblings might have been a little tougher. Dev um I hope he doesn't mind me saying that <laughs> <laughs> Um, which I didn't recognize at the time, but like up till then we were buds. Um, and yeah, we were really, I think we had a really good relationship with my mom too. Like she was our bud as well. And we knew that (laughs) not we knew it makes it sound like we, I always say we knew if we made her laugh, we would be out of trouble, but it was never (laughs) intentional. Like it was just easy to make her laugh. And like, then yeah it was over like and she knew it so but we also being the first two like it's really funny watching the difference between the first two and then the the latter two because like Devin and I were sure that my mom knew everything (laughs) that she had eyes in the back of her head and like we would tell on ourselves she was like we always had a really unorthodox relationship with my mom too and so she I remember like Similar to like with Pete being like, oh yeah, I was thinking about this thing and I shouldn't have said it this way. Like we would tell on ourselves and have major guilt complexes and my mother would be like, you aren't supposed to tell your mom these things. Like, why are you telling me this? So, yeah, but we were, we were close. Um, and then I felt, uh, yeah, close to my little brothers as well, just in like taking care of them. Um, I think it's funny because I think of myself as having a relationship with them in my childhood, but I forget that like, because I left when I was a little bit older and they were still young, like that looks different for them. That Mm -hmm. only just occurred to me in a conversation with my mom recently. So that's, that's funny to think of. Um, And then my dad, maybe growing up, I wasn't as close with him. Um, And I think I'm closer with him now actually um, and my, I remember my best friend growing up just being really good at reminding me. Uh, I think I went through a time where I was just like really grouchy with my dad, um, and I was not, I was not great at being respectful either. I think in my speech, and I remember my best friend actually calling me out and being like, "You know, your dad." read scripture to us like I remember that and he would pray with us and yeah. like that was so good for me to have her say um and just a good reminder to me that like yeah that that was important to him and that he was part of that in my life so okay. I'm gonna cry now you're ready to leave
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's move on then All right, you sounds on. Good. <laughs> um, so was it was your mom and dad quite uh, quite strict when it came to you being brought up in a, as a Christian?
1: I don't know how to answer that. Like, yes and no. My my parents weren't super strict about a lot of things at all. But, like I said before, I was like, I was a good kid. Like, I was really moralistic, really self-righteous, like really proud. I wasn't really interested in being rebellious. I wasn't interested in like, I was interested in following the rules and being good. And my my brother closest in age was really similar. So I think that they taught us well, like, and they expected things of us. I think that they were, I think that, um, I think we were disciplined pretty well, like not in a bad way, but like, we, there were good expectations of behavior, I think. Yeah and of how to treat people um, and of respect, but not in a like super strict way. Um, I would never say I grew up in a strict household. And like even, I remember joking with like, I remember being a teenager and going out on a walk and then like where we lived, uh, and I grew up on a mountain and it started raining and pouring like while we were gone. It's so, like we're stuck in the rain and every, <laughs> three of us were like yeah if we're going to go to home to any mom right now like my mom is definitely the best <laughs> mom to go home to she was just like really yeah easy that way um yeah and then she was she was just a fun mom too she was funny like again kind of an or- unorthodox relationship where like i remember being a teenager and working a job and <laughs> my mom would come and knock on my door at night and be like mom i have to work in the morning and she'd be like come play cards with your mother <laughs> and I'd be like no i have to sleep and she'd be like come play cards with me and i'm like fine and so i'd like get up and play cards so in that sense not so
0: strict <laughs> so your mom is a bad influence is that what you're saying yeah, that's what i'm saying yeah
1: i think that's what she would call herself yeah
0: yeah okay. so let me ask you a question <laughs> about your name first we...
1: <laughs> i wonder where that came yeah. from <laughs> I, I've,
0: I've been told your name isn't actually faith.
1: Okay, well, that is incorrect. It is actually Faith.
0: Okay. It's one of your names.
1: It is one of my names. So my parents thought it would be really not confusing to name all of their children to go by their middle names. So actually, all of my siblings go by their middle names. So yes, my name is Faith. I have always gone by Faith. My first name is Rachel. Uh, and people find this out and get super weirdly offended. Like... <laughs> I well, was
0: it's just, it is strange though.
1: <laughs> it is weird, but it's funny like how how funny people get about it. Like I've worked with people before who will see my paycheck or something and be like, who's Rachel? And then be like, What do you mean that's not your real name? And I'm like, it is my real name, like it's my legal name, it's <laughs> what I've always been called.
0: Well, I'll tell you how I find how I I found out when you fell, when you had your, your fall and, and yeah. the mess. And you posted a, a picture of your hospital oh, that's really thing <laughs> and it had your real name <laughs> on it. And I remember me and Ali were sitting and we must have came across the picture roughly at the same time. And she was kind of like, huh? I was like, I'm not sure. But. How hard
1: did she hit her head? She took a picture of somebody else's <laughs> hospital car. Pretty
0: much. Pretty much.
1: Yeah. That's usually the way people find out, too, is like I've worked with people before and they're just like looking at the roster or something. They're like, who is Rachel? Like, yeah, that's that's me. Or even better, I remember working at Starbucks and I had worked with this girl for months and she was my supervisor. And during the day, like all day, she would call me Faith, like my name is. But then when she was giving breaks and referring to her, she, she'd look down and she'd be like, okay, Rachel, take your tin. And I'm like, you know my name. <laughs>
0: That must have been annoying.
1: It was funny. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, Faith. Yes. Um, so, you've been homeschooled then. Mm-hmm. Um You are... Is, is religious studies, Christian studies, is part of that? Are you, are you learning about Jesus and the Bible while being homeschooled?
1: Yes, I do think... So, in the early days of homeschooling, a lot of homeschoolers were... Um, doing it for faith-based reasons, I think, which is great. That's that's a good thing. But I think a lot of the early curriculum was also geared that way, which is also not a bad thing. But it did mean – I imagine that my mom got tired of – and I would too if I picked these up now. There were definitely some very biased um, curriculums that were so geared towards being Christian that they were also like – very close to rewriting history, (laughs) like, (laughs) saying things that were not helpful or not quite, um, certainly not the way that I would, like, teach or instruct as a Christian now, Um, so things that were just really, yeah, leaning towards a Christian worldview that was not fully accurate, Um, so I think that some of our early books did, but I think my mom was also good about, like, pointing out what was and wasn't accurate. Um, but I do remember things like, when I was really little, um, I remember her sitting down to kind of talk like finances and stuff with us and talking to us about like tithe. And like like yeah. like my like I said about my best friend, my dad would like read to us. And, and I also think that I just had a natural interest in the word and in the things of God, so like, um, Yeah, I was interested in things at church involving that and reading stuff. I remember, like, when I was still in school, when I was in kindergarten, I got very excited because I had a Precious Moments Bible and I had read the whole thing. It was I mean, it was a (laughs) Jesus-sized book, but I was, like, convinced I had read the Bible. Um, So I was like, Mom, I read the whole Bible. And I think I remember being like, it's not quite the Bible, but, yes, you did finish this. So, yeah, I just, like, I did love learning about those things. I loved theology at a really young age. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. So your your mom is almost like <laughs> I need to teach you this, but it does not. It's not always uh, what it's meant to be.
1: Well, and I think that that was not even so much uh, blatant religious studies as it was like, um, yeah, just poorly written Christian yeah. curriculum. Um, and then we also like. Um, I would have grown up with a lot of like. What you read, what you listen to, basically what you take in. What was important to my mom is that we had a really good childhood.
0: Yeah.
1: For her, like, she wanted us to love learning. That was um, that was one of her goals in homeschooling us. At least became one of her goals, and to have a really good childhood where like play was important, um, reading what we wanted to was important. Um, pursuing our own interests was important. So things that she felt like we couldn't always get at a desk. Um, so I just remember like, honestly Christian radio was a huge part of like my growing up just because it was on all the time and there were shows I liked. So like as a preteen, like I listened to Money Matters cause I loved it. Like I called into Money Matters, I was that kid. And like <laughs> Adventures in Odyssey every afternoon, like, um, I remember just a lot of different radio shows, um, both for kids and not for kids. And I think that that was, I I don't think I thought about it until really the last few years, but just like what a foundation that laid, like the Lord saw that there was a constant kind of influx um, of me hearing things of Him um, and of, yeah, Christianity. Um, So I I would say that is a lot of how that instruction
0: came um yeah interesting so you says you were maybe 10 when you started (laughs) homeschooling
1: yeah clearly i didn't learn maths very well but (laughs) i got some things yeah you learned about (laughs) jesus (laughs) (laughs) who
0: cares about maths Um, (laughs) so you basically as a teenager because i'm sure my teenage life and your teenage life would have been (laughs) totally different um so how was it for you being a a teenager especially homeschool
1: yeah um I would say that that whole like good kid mentality followed me into adolescence I would also say that strongly therefore self-righteousness and pride followed me into adolescence um I was really proud of like things I didn't do um and and at that time it wasn't even like I don't think I even knew to think of of like super bad things just like I was proud of not listening to certain music and (laughs) like it's just so ridiculous um so would
0: you have thought like someone who maybe was listening to bad music in your eyes would you have been better than them
1: probably yeah I think I would have and that's so embarrassing to think of now and I think that changed even through my teenage years but like yeah I was really self-righteous um and uh when I was a teenager was also when um, I found theater and that was my mom as well. She really saw that my brother and I were just kind of theater kids and helped us get into that. And so that was, that was a huge part of my teenage years. And because I was homeschooled, like it was really easy to do too, really easy to get involved in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so again, I was not like, I wasn't a super rebellious teen. I was still interested in being really good. I do think though, like in my later teen years, um, I can see just a lot of criticism of the church. Um, I think, I don't know that I would have, I don't think I would have verbalized that I was like, oh, Christians don't need the church, but like, I think that was my attitude. I think I thought I knew better. Yeah. I think I thought a lot of things were like, oh, don't need to do it that way. Um, I was really, really interested um, in social justice, and that's not necessarily, like, that's not a bad thing. Like, um, there, there are things we should be interested in as Christians, but I think that I would have had a really dangerous lean towards that over scripture. Yeah. Um, I don't think there are parts of that that lasted and parts of it that didn't. Like, I would say there's a time in my teenage years where I was like, anybody who says that the Bible does not contradict itself, like, hasn't read the Bible. Like, I remember thinking that at one time. I don't think that can have lasted long, because one of the ways that the Lord has held me fast is in that I have understood scripture as authoritative so like things there have been things that I have wrestled with in scripture and not liked yeah. but knew I had to wrestle with because I believed scripture was right. Um, so that, that part of that time can't have lasted long and if it had like I think I would be very lost. Um,
0: you're, you're, you're almost contradicting yourself rather than the bible contradicting itself. Based on your mm-hmm. your views there, yeah. Okay, we can talk about that a lot more in detail uh, later on. But kind of like your early teenage years, um, maybe just as you're going into theatre, do you have friends out with that are, oh, are yeah. non Christians?
1: Yes, yes. I had a lot of um, I had a lot of homeschool friends who fell on different uh, parts of that line. So I had like, um. I had friends that I knew purely through homeschooling um, that weren't necessarily Christians. I had friends that were part of like a Christian homeschooling group. Um, and then a lot of my friend group came from and through the theatre. So my friends were really all over. Um, so
0: did they know that you were a, a yeah, Christian? Yeah, yeah,
1: that wasn't something I hid, yeah.
0: Okay, and what did that impact your re- relationship with them at all? Did you...
1: Did yeah, you think you th- were better than them? I didn't think I was better. At least I would like to think I didn't think I was better. There are probably certain things that I would have been like, oh, they shouldn't do that. Yeah. And I would have thought I was better than that. I don't think I would have thought I was better than yeah. them, if yep. that makes sense. Yep. And certainly it would also depend on the relationship. Like I could still be super judgy, but that was a person-to-person thing, not necessarily a, oh, you're not a Christian thing. Yeah. Um, in fact, I would say that I was really judgmental towards other Christians as well. Um, yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it generally had to do with you are or aren't a Christian necessarily. I think it was very much like you should not act that way. So um, it's more
0: it's more judging the acts judging. or the behaviors that yes, they do. Yes,
1: yes. Then like where you stand.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, they. Did they accept? the fact that you were a Christian or was there ever any kind of fights about it?
1: I think it was generally accepted. Um, I can remember like I'm thinking of like a group of homeschoolers that were not, it wasn't a Christian group and some individuals who were not necessarily, I wasn't necessarily close to, and I can just remember ways that like, I was probably obnoxious in not helpful, like ways that my faith could have been a problem but not because of actually my faith, but because of the way it was expressed through other things, which is not very clear, sorry. But like, (laughs) i think for the most part it was not an issue and i think in this instance that i'm thinking of it wasn't that my christianity was an issue it was that my attitude was an issue um yeah
0: okay so when would you say that you you were saved
1: i think i was saved when i was i remember being four or five and like okay ask you you know doing the ask jesus into your heart wherever that phrase came from but i remember doing it so like I think that that is uh, poignant I think the fact that I because I don't remember anything else about that like I don't remember anything else that happened that day but I remember that happening in Sunday school Um, but I would say I was saved early but my sanctification has been really long so my understanding of like what that actually means has been long my love for Jesus has been really really early yeah Um, my understanding of the actual gospel and my security in Jesus, that took a long time. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. I would also say, back to the teenage question, I'm like rethinking now. There are, <laughs> laughing at me. There are things, there are also relationships that definitely, like in my older teenage years, that were not negatively impacted by my faith, but I still feel like I just remember people really close friends that I love dearly saying things like oh you never make your faith an issue I never feel judged you never push it and even at that time but especially now like that makes me cringe a little because I'm like that means I was not doing my job like if you feel not that you should be pushy but like I want to be clear about my faith like I want to be I want to have an urgency in like you need to know this, like this is (laughs) true without being obnoxious, but because I think it's true and like the way to life. So like, that makes me a little sad. And it made me sad even then when people would say like, yeah, you never push it. Like you never, you don't feel like you need to share. And I'm like, oh, that's bad. (laughs) You think that's a good thing, but that's a bad thing.
0: And and that's (laughs) the moment that gets us all. Yeah. Especially uh, um, we touched on this on another one of the, the pods, but especially when it's loved ones. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, just makes that tough. It is, and in your heart, you know, (laughs) you just want to scream and shout. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah, something holding you back. But
1: trying to grow into that screaming and shouting a little bit, I think, in love, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But or the not needing to because you've already been playing. Yeah, Um, absolutely. But yeah, yeah.
0: So you mentioned there was a point. I know this may be further down the line, and, and we can speak about this later on but you mentioned i talk like this I'm so sorry. <laughs> you mentioned that your family or your household would no longer be considered a christian household when did that kind of come about
1: i don't know that's not so much like i would say that's more their story than mine um but
0: was it when you were a teenager or was it i would say you? it's more
1: when i'm an adult i think i could okay. start to see some of it when i was a teenager um
0: the reason I was asking is if it impacted your faith in any way or if, if it impacted your Oh yeah, that's relationship. a great question.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I could see it when I was a teen a little bit. Um, and I think I think also there are a lot of things that I sympathize with my mom in. Um, particularly just in things like Things about church that can be hard. Yeah. Um, things about people that can be hard. Things about um, how people treat other people that can be hard. Um, so I think I really, yeah, had a lot of sympathy for things that I could start to see being difficult for her.
0: And how did that make you feel again, Scott? That your your family were maybe starting to lose their faith a little bit for whatever reason that was yeah
1: so I don't think that became quite as clear or the same it probably affected like how I felt about church at that time okay um but I don't think any of I don't think that the move to being like yeah I wouldn't profess faith happened until I was an adult and so now as an adult it definitely does not affect my faith it just makes me really sad like um it also makes me glad that like uh I would rather people be able to be clear and say no this is where I'm at yeah then to go along with something that actually they don't believe like that's a dangerous thing um so I would rather the ground be clear so that everyone knows where they're at and um and then it just makes it clearer for me like how to pray and um that i do i do want my loved ones i do want the people in my life to know jesus like um but it, it changes the way i'm able to communicate that i guess yeah
0: yeah no, that makes sense and it's avoiding the old um fake it until we make it
1: exactly like that's not that's not healthy no absolutely um, not. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you're a, a teenager, um, you're still going to church. Um, sort of. Sort of, mm-hmm. okay, tell us about that then.
1: I think that it wasn't, so, uh, yeah, I think I wasn't as um, faithful at my church at that time. Like, yeah, when I was being like critical of the church, um, I was still going, but like, I don't think it was... I didn't understand the importance of the church at that time is what okay. I'm trying to say. Um, now, like my theology has changed. and My faith has changed a lot to be like, oh no, the local church is the expression of God. Like this is mm-hmm. how you are on mission as a Christian. Like this is God's design for um, how Christianity works out in society. Um, and I didn't understand that then. I read a book that helped me understand it at that time <laughs> but like i didn't understand the importance okay. um in my teenage
0: years it might be it might be useful we talk through that especially for a lot of the non-believers yeah. that are potentially listening so what were you critical of the church about why yeah. didn't you think the church was important uh, about christianity
1: yeah i think <sighs> I mean, I think that there's a movement, right, of, like, individual Christianity, like, me and Jesus. And I think also it was easy to be critical of, like, okay, well, we say these things, but, like, are we taking care of these people and are we doing um, this and this? Um, I was very much into the, like, uh, the do's of Christianity. Like, you know, how, yeah, just, like, what it means to care for other people, which is absolutely important. (laughs) 100% important. But like, I wanted to be able to do something. Um, And don't think I understood that the church, whether it's messy or functioning great, like is the way that the Lord takes care of people. Um, And I think that I would have been hypercritical that the church wasn't doing that well. Um, Whether I was right or not, like I was a teenager, (laughs) um, I think that that is a very high horse thing to say. I mean, there are certainly plenty of examples of the church really failing in that, Um, but it is really easy to stand back and say that that's true as an individual instead of jumping in and being part of um, the way the Lord has designed the church um, to show the love of Christ to a lost world. Um, Yeah. So I think the Lord changed that in me, just in seeing and in slowly changing my theology to see that this is how he's decided to do it. Like, And I can be critical of messy churches, but messy churches are made up of messy people, and I'm one of those. Like, And God yeah. chooses to work through messy people that are part of a messy church. And like, Amen. a lot of times that looks like a mess, but... The Lord, yeah, the Lord is in charge there, not the people.
0: <laughs> and that's <laughs> why that's why it's important that the Lord's in charge. Because yes. imagine if we were left to our own devices.
1: Exactly. Oh, yeah,
0: That wouldn't be yeah. worth thinking about. So, what's your view on what part a church plays in your faith now?
1: Yeah, I, I mean. Now I wouldn't consider a move unless I knew there was a local church expression that I was like, yes, I can get board on board with like with that church yeah. um, and with what they're teaching and what they believe the gospel mission of the church is. Um, I wouldn't consider doing doing my Christian life without a church body. Um, so. Now, to me, in my faith, like, I see as absolutely vital. Um, I don't think the Lord has called me to follow Jesus one-on-one. Like, it's not a solo sport. I think he's called me to be part of a body of believers. And, like, I think something that changed for me is seeing how many commands in Scripture. So those commands that I loved as a teenager, those, like, (laughs) these are the rules. Um, So many of the commands in Scripture are one another commands, Um, and you can't do those without a body of believers, like, (laughs) you can't one another without having a one another, Um, and so, and, like, so many instructions that are written to churches, like, these letters and these epistles aren't written to individuals, they're written to church bodies, Um, and so, yeah, I think just that social aspect, maybe that I was craving, and that community type of thing that I was craving, I realized the Lord had actually created room for that. Like <laughs> that is in His design. It just doesn't always necessarily look the way I thought I wanted it to. Now it, like now I'm like, I love that concept, and it's so nice to be like, oh, this makes sense. Um, I think it is hard to explain to to like someone who maybe is in that position of being critical of the church because there are reasons to be. I get that. Like people have had. A, experiences of being hurt like church can go badly like again because it's made up of sinners so what I don't want to be heard saying is that like this is perfect like this is how it's done so well it's ideologically no no like it's gonna be messy and like yeah I've told friends before like about this conversation like I'm not saying you're not gonna get hurt like you are gonna get hurt and also like your church is gonna mess up and you're gonna mess up like and your pastors probably are gonna mess up like at some point but like that's not the point God has still called me to this, like.
0: <laughs> and that—that's what to remember that unites our churches. We're all there because we love. Yes. Jesus. Yes. Like we all come from different walks of life. And
1: Absolutely.
0: Most of the time, we don't have anything in common <laughs> other than we love our Savior. No. Yes. And and ultimately, the rest can be put aside. And, Absolutely. And that's and what makes
1: it. I think that something so gorgeous about that is that it does not have to be this forced kumbaya right like it's not like oh yeah we all love each other because we have this thing no like it means that we know the category for our life right so like this is where i'm plugged in these are my people These may not always feel like my people, but whether I wake up and they feel like my people or not, I know that these are the people I am given to love and pour into. And so, like, it doesn't matter if I feel it. like, And that's the same way with family, so it shouldn't be that surprising to us. Like, some days you feel it, some days you don't, but you know who your committed people are. And like you said, like, that gorgeous bond of, like, we can have nothing else in common, but I have the most important thing in common with you. Um, And I remember being back home at my church in Cleveland and our community group at the time, we were like a diverse group of people, like all types of ages, like all different phases of life, um, really diverse ethnically. And we were out for dinner and someone was really upset because like this group of people was taking up the whole restaurant but she couldn't figure out how we were together. And she didn't know that the person in front of her in line was with us. And so she was like, I mean, who are these people anyway? It looks like they know each other. My friend was like, yeah that's that's because we do <laughs> we're from <laughs> the same church and she was like really <laughs> and like it was such a great moment to be like wow like even from the outside we don't look like we belong together but we are enjoying one another's company because of jesus like yeah, yeah just that's good. awesome <laughs> it was so awesome
0: okay i think that was good to clear up um, <laughs> it was just good to to go off in that wee segment there for especially for non-believers just yeah. to understand what it means to be a church and why all these messed up people are all together so back to your story then so can I kind spoke about your your early years your teenage years um what happens next what's what's after high school if you like
1: yeah I'm <laughs> uh, my trajectory is like not normal like I didn't do the like yeah I went to college and then I got married and then I have a career. Like I was all over the place. I did different things. I worked on a boat for a little bit. I was in AmeriCorps, I was in YWAM. I did a couple of like theater internships and it was all great, but like that to say, like there is no straight, like this is what I did. Um, I did AmeriCorps right after um, high school and um, AmeriCorps is like a domestic Peace Corps. Um, you don't know the Peace Corps? I'm sorry. Okay, so...
0: You've got to remember, we are, we are stupid Scots. <laughs> right? I, I thought Peace Corps was like an international thing. Okay,
1: so it's a national service program. So yeah. like, I was part of a team of people who was part of a base of people that for 11 months we did various like community service projects in different parts of the states. Okay. That's what AmeriCorps is. And mm-hmm. I used to know the whole spiel, but that was more years ago than I care to count. Um. So, yeah, that's what I did right after. Um, and I got to be involved in theater in that, which was crazy because that wasn't why I joined, so that was really cool. Um, I'm that assuming that
0: wasn't the plan for you long term. What did you actually want to do?
1: I wanted to do theater. Okay. Like, It's what I loved. It was what I was actually good at. Um, But I also was extremely practical. So, like, I wanted to do theater, but I also wanted to pay rent. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I hadn't really seriously considered pursuing theater. Um, My mom had suggested maybe I should go to school for theater, and I was like, that is not practical. Um, Yeah, so I knew that I wanted to do something different, I would always wanted to travel like ever since I was really little. Um, I knew I was interested in like service type work. um, And I didn't have a lot of money. Like, so uh, things like AmeriCorps were great for me because like it was this community aspect, it was things that felt practical and hands-on and were like part of a group and that like I would get room and board and paid for. Um, so those, those were all great to me. Um, yeah, so I got to do theater there, got to see different parts of the country, got to do projects, um, and was part of a team of people that like are still in my life. Um, and like, we we're still in touch and we get together every couple of years and, um,
0: And was there any ministry involved in that? (laughs)
1: No. No. Um, <laughs> I think there is now still in my life because I'm connected with that group of people. Like they are, uh, we call ourselves the Mara family. Like, And not all teams held together like that. So I feel like the Lord was really in-placing me in there. Um, and I, that, that whole experience for me was definitely like, a bubble bursting experience (laughs) in that like, you know, I was a homeschool kid. (laughs) I thought everyone loved like, (laughs) Little House on the Prairie and (laughs) Winnie the Pooh. And you know, when we were there for the first day, I remember going through the whole read, like reading through the whole rule book as like an entire campus. And I remember sitting there thinking like 18 year old me, like, I know we have to do this because it's protocol, but we're all adults, like we know this and like, my world was shattered that night when like immediately I saw people breaking like oh and I was like what is happening
0: <laughs> so you realized life wasn't all fairy yeah dust I realized life
1: was really different <laughs> from what I had thought um which was good for me I think
0: welcome to the big bad world
1: yes uh I think that that was uh yeah oh, my goodness is it really already can you flip it does it let you my phone's going
0: off. hi
1: uh that means I'm really long-winded sorry I don't know what I'm talking about
0: that's okay so
1: ministry yeah. no no very secular organization um and I think I very much yeah realized how different my view of the world was
0: how did that impact your faith then
1: yeah I think I actually really clung close to the Lord in that time and was like oh wow okay
0: I need you uh, yeah yeah <laughs>
1: And also, um, not specific to AmeriCorps, but like when you first asked about, okay, like after teenage years, like in my 20s, so post AmeriCorps, um, and I think I was also very cognizant being in AmeriCorps that like, that I needed to be a witness there, um, that I wanted to be a witness there. Like I, I had a strong desire like for my team to know Jesus. I don't think that that translated into me like, speaking very clearly. Um, I think now as an adult, I see just how many things being a Christian can mean, at least in America. Like, yeah. And so it is not enough to be like, yes, I love Jesus. Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I believe this and not this. Like after 12 years of friendship and loving and knowing um, my team and praying for gospel opportunity, couple of years ago, I finally like had the opportunity to very clearly share with a few of them, like, this is what I believe about yeah. the gospel. And it was an amazing experience because I could see on their faces, like, yeah, we had no idea that <laughs> you believed this and we think you're wow. nuts, but it was wonderful because I was yeah. like, yes, like, this is what I believe. Like, this is, and like, just knowing that the gospel itself has power and being like, okay, finally, like, but it was also telling to be like, yeah, to see on their faces. Yeah, you didn't know fully what I believed um
0: and how did that make you feel because we are called to obviously spread yeah, the yeah yeah I had like
1: like I was very clear about my love of Jesus like I was very obviously acc- like they knew as yep. a Christian they knew I did life differently like they yep. knew that um they did not I don't think know the extent that no I believe that like jesus is god in the flesh come because we are sinners who need reconciliation with god i believe that jesus died on the cross i believe that he came back to life <laughs> like and conquered our sin and like you hear yourself saying and, you, and when you're used to swimming in a christian bubble like everybody's speaking that so you're like yeah. And when you hear yourself saying it in a context of people not believing it, you're hearing yourself through their ears and you're like, I sound nuts (laughs) and it's awesome because it's not nuts and I'm finally sharing clearly like, and I need you to hear this. But you could, you could see on their faces this like, oh, (laughs) like you really need to be clear about that in your relationships. Like, I was like, yes, I know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think it meant That moment meant a lot to me in the sense of like, yeah, like you're saying, like, man, I want to be clear about this up front. But also, I think as I started to drive home and kind of beat myself up in the car of the like, did I say this? Was I clear enough about this? Did I say that? That I stopped and was like, Faith, like, you literally prayed for this opportunity, one, for 12 years. And two, literally before you met up with this group, like, with your community group. You literally prayed for this opportunity and literally the Lord provided it and literally you shared the gospel. Like you need to praise God for that because yeah. he has set this up over, for over a decade and has created these opportunities. So yeah, I want to be clearer in my relationships, but also praise the Lord like for providing an opportunity for that to happen. Um, yeah.
0: And, that, and that's the power of prayer. And yes. Power of of the Lord, we yes. will never say the right thing. It doesn't no. matter. Like, we will never say it, and even when you, you know, when Peter doing a sermon, they're never going to say mm-hmm. the right words to justify and to actually proclaim yep. the, the, the the truth and the the love that, that God has for us. That, that's down to God. Yep, He'll give us opportunities. We will bumble our way through it.
1: Absolutely, and He does the rest of the work. Absolutely, and like it's so that is so freeing from the way that I would have grown up thinking that it works and like the pressure of like, it's up to you. Um, These souls are up to you, you know, like, no. And that's also the beauty of like realizing, okay, I am speaking the gospel, so nothing else (laughs) matters right now. Like (laughs) there's power in that. Like, yeah, I look crazy and I'm so okay with that because this word has power to save, not because of me, but because like you're saying, like this is the word of God, like, please use it. Um, don't let it go out void yeah
0: absolutely okay so you're kind of stumbling about a few different things mm-hmm. after um or your kind of late teenage years early um 20s yeah when did you start to get involved in ministry um am so i jumping too far forward? no too?
1: you're fine i mean my life is jumpy you know so <laughs> um when i was in americorps i read a book that made it It finally made sense to me that like, not only was it okay to pursue theater um, and acting at that time, but that it was very possible the Lord had called me to that. Um, And so that was really freeing because I had just a very utilitarian view of everything, even though I loved theater and loved story and knew what it had done in my life. Like, just didn't feel like it was something I was allowed to really pursue. And then I just read a Schaefer book that I was like, oh the lord created beauty and stories and art and like calls christians to do these things it's okay so then i am
0: and i think and i think that part's important yeah we're not all called to work in ministry you know the lord uses in all different ways
1: absolutely and like i think it's also so freeing to be it's just so encouraging and again this comes back to the local church concept of like wherever you are if you're a christian you're in ministry like if you're working the secular job, if you're in a theater company, if you're a full-time ministry, you are on mission like, and that's exciting um, that that we all are part of that, whether we're on staff to do it or not. Um, Yeah, so that caused me to uh, pursue YWAM, which is Youth with a Mission, which I'd always been interested in and they had a performing arts program. So I applied to that um, and learned a lot about like, the pairing of, yeah, just the arts and my faith. Um, So that was pretty cool. That led me to Belhaven, which is a Christian college in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, And they have an excellent theater department. And so I knew I couldn't really go full-time, but I wanted to go and study theater. Um, So I did that for a bit, learned a lot more, but really, like, looking back, while I I think the Lord can still absolutely use theater in my life and certainly has, and, like, I think story always has and always will have a huge place in my life, I can also look back and be like, but I can see how the Lord used theater to get me to the places that I grew in my faith. So, like, at Bellhaven is where my theology really changed. Um, And I was just introduced to, like, some of the things that even I've been sharing tonight that, like, initially... I rejected, like learned just, I just remember a conversation just kind of about the sovereignty of God and like God's ability to, um, to choose and to be in control and like, I just remember really rejecting that conversation (laughs) and being like, yeah, being super emotional and not knowing what to do with it and feeling like it butted up against like most of what, I thought I knew, um, and it being really hard, and...
0: Did, did you feel as if, when you when that was a realization, did you feel as if you had rejected God for all those years, or let him down, or? No,
1: not at all, and I think, I don't know where this came in in my 20s, but, like, I think another huge shift of my faith was that in my 20s, like, I talked to you about, like, being a good kid, a good yep, teenager, yep. blah, blah, blah. And so somewhere in my 20s, I just realized okay if I believe I need Jesus and I do and if I believe that Jesus saved me and I do then that means like he saved me from sin and it's a problem that I'm not seeing that okay and so I prayed for the Lord to show me my sin (laughs) And he has answered that prayer ever since. <laughs> so <laughs> he is very faithful. Yep. Um, we
0: all wish it sometimes that isn't a prayer that we would answer. But it's but so
1: good, yeah, right? Because like absolutely. if you don't see your sin, and I mean a huge part of my sin was that blindness, right? right? Like that pride, that self-righteousness, um, that wanting to earn. And then alongside of that, a huge part of my childhood faith and my teenage faith was so much fear. Um, and going back to, like, anxious kindergarten faith, like, I was always afraid of 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 hell, of losing my faith, of maybe I didn't do it right. Like, just a lot of, like, superstition, too, I think, embedded yeah. in my faith of, like, looking for signs and, like, um, really looking for the will of God as if it's something hidden from me, you know, and as if he has this really... Like so, my new plan for my life that maybe I could screw it up. So there's just so much fear involved in my faith, um, you know. And Scripture says that perfect love casts out fear. And so I think I didn't have a. F- I loved the Lord, but I didn't have a full understanding of His love. And I don't think I have a full understanding now, but I think it's a way that the Lord has changed me. And so I think that for someone who's not a Christian to s- to hear that seeing your sin and the ways that you are so missing the mark would be freeing and comforting is so odd because it hurts. It sucks like it's like, oh, yuck, didn't know. I would really like to be self-deceived. But that means that also you're like, oh, but Christ covers that. And it means like you just start to see how absolutely impossible it is for you to earn it. (laughs) <laughs> and so then that becomes freeing because you're like oh if i can't earn it but the lord said he's covered it and then i'm just like i just read this quote the other day i don't i don't know who's by but basically like being a kid in the lord's kitchen like rummaging through the cookie jar just that freedom and that like yeah <laughs> you can't <laughs> earn anything you can't contribute you know um which then oddly makes you just so much more fruitful as a christian and yeah. the things that you know you realize the lord has prepared good works not because you can earn your salvation but because he is good and allows you to be part of his plan
0: and and when sin is exposed like that out in the open that it's a huge weight lifted yes huge weight
1: because you're still accepted right absolutely like you see this grossness and you're like yeah. oh my
0: god and it really me. shows you god's true grace yes and it brings you a lot closer to your savior absolutely like it's it's incredible
1: And I think I still have a hard time understanding grace, like, and I still, we all fight, like, it is such a human tendency to try to earn, right? So, like, I can, at 8 o'clock in the morning feel overwhelmed by the lord's grace and understand i'm a sinner and then by 805 i'm trying to earn my salvation (laughs) you know i can earn favor and so then you have to run back to the lord with that and be like so i thought that i could like earn your grace again
0: (laughs) and and, and that takes us back to we're all broken yes like we're all so messed up yes and that'll never change but you know god helps us through that and he he drags us along the way every time we fall so absolutely amen to that so we were talking about you getting involved in ministry. So you yes. went on to do the kind of ministry theater stuff. Mm. Um, how did that pan out?
1: Yeah. So again, I think the Lord really used that to just um, start to refine my own theology. And yep. like through pursuing theater, I met my friend Kaylin, who was part of that conversation I was talking about, who also just really changed my prayer life. Um when I met her, she would just pray out loud for stuff. And at first, I thought it was the weirdest thing. And then I became that person and, like, totally transformed my my prayer life, which I'm so grateful for. Um, and then also just, again, back to the authority of Scripture. Like, after that conversation that I was really bothered by, I then just started going to Scripture and being like, oh, shoot that is what it says (laughs) it is there (laughs) so then like a year later literally pursuing a church that taught the things I had previously rejected um and wound up in Indiana with Masterworks Festival so they do creative arts ministry so learned a lot there got to be in ministry and arts there that was wonderful um and then from there I also got to do like an internship with a theater in Mississippi, which was great. Um, And I think it was at that time that I was like, I love this, but I don't know if I can make my living doing this. Um, Mostly because it's so complicated as a Christian and there are Christians who can do it, but like, unless you want to create your own material you have to be willing to either compromise a lot or say no to a lot of jobs. Um, and you really can't do that when you're starting out. Again, it doesn't make it impossible, but it does make it like, do I have the drive to give up everything else to do this? Um, still was trying to do it, worked on a boat to earn some money and then went to conservatory for acting for a little bit. Loved it, like really enjoyed it, but also there was like, I wanna do this. I want to do this well again i don't know if i have the drive to do this for my paycheck yeah
0: because
1: i like other parts of life too much um and you really just have to give so much uh, wound up in cleveland and there i was able to just like it was this great mix because i was able to pursue theater work a job pay my rent be picky about my projects therefore and be part of my church body yeah. um and so their ministry took on just an everyday kind of um, way of life, which was possible because of my church. Like again, back to that idea that as Christians we're all in ministry, like I think that they really embodied that well. So I'd, I didn't feel like I needed to be paid full time to be doing ministry to be doing ministry. Like I felt like working my job at Starbucks, I was part of my church's ministry and yeah. going to the theater and being part of rehearsals, I was part of ministry, um, yeah
0: okay so how did you find scotland then <laughs> on to the good stuff
1: yeah um so my church partnered with 20 schemes
0: so this is church in cleveland yes i'm yep. sorry city church
1: yep. yes was not called city church at the time but it is now same church uh what's that six years ago i the think 40 years ago. yeah so <laughs> about six years so ago some
0: tax <laughs> stuff going on there yeah.
1: so I heard about it when we were first thinking of partnering and started looking up 20 schemes and looking up just what they were about and was really excited about it. Like loved their theology, loved their model of like the local church. Yep, yep. Um, at this point, I was like, yes. Like Although really. if it was 10
0: years prior, you'd be like, what?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So that was cool, really was just, yeah, on board with how they wanted to do mission and on the local church, the emphasis on the local church and that like local churches are needed. Um, Yeah, and so then we sent um, two of our pastors here to just kind of check it out, decided we wanted to partner with them as a church. We got paired up with the Pete's. So this is before hope exists. This is when they're just like in the baby stages of planning, right? So we get connected with them um a couple of mission trips come here but like I haven't been part of that. Yeah. I'm still interested and my friend Heather knows that. <laughs> and she was my manager at the time at Starbucks. And so one summer I was still on Facebook at the time and she like subtly puts this link for interns on and she's like I think you I'm just going to put this here. <laughs> And so I came back with, like, yeah, I'm too old. I work a job. I can't just leave everything. Like, I don't know. And she's like, yeah, I'm just going to put this here. (laughs) And so I was like, fine, I'll apply. Um, Applied. Got it. Came for the summer. Loved it. So I was here with the pizza and with Savannah and it was really cool too like um, that was the first summer that they had the interns stay in one place so I got to stay like with the church we were partnered with and like actually build relationships and learn how things worked here Um, and it was funny because I remember debriefing at the end of that summer and being like that model is great you guys you should keep that like that was brilliant I think that's wise because you can really get dug in (laughs) I remember Shaba and Ali looking at me and being like that was a total fluke. We just had to do it that way this year. We are so glad it worked out, and that's good to hear. <laughs> I was like, "That's awesome!" Praise the Lord. So, what, um, what
0: year was that?
1: That was. I remember me in the maths. That was four years ago. Mm. Yeah, four years okay. ago. No, this was pre-launch. Okay, so
0: this was This was pre-launch. actually
1: right after, like, so yeah, Pete was. Yes. So yeah, yeah we moved to the Millers in. This was so Pete was talking the other day. So I'm not it was like right after basically the implode of like the team so like we came right after that um
0: so what was your what was your uh i suppose your first impression of and the what the plans were
1: i don't i don't know and i think i don't know because i already had such an introduction because of my church being here and hearing from the Pete's and like it just didn't feel that it didn't feel like a i remember actually savannah and i talking about this like it never felt like there was a big transition okay it felt very natural it felt like we were able to slide in really easily and that was wonderful like and also it was just such a such a work of the lord that she and i got paired together like yeah it's just a really good summer um
0: how much did you pray over it before you made that decision though
1: a lot yeah yeah i mean i told heather no that has been my journey in like coming to scotland not because i didn't want to come but because like yeah i <laughs> i am a no person not a yes person <laughs> <laughs> and so i always assume like no too much hassle and then yeah the lord okay. has to pull me along
0: so what's the big question is how long did it take you to get used to the accent
1: so the first time not at all i was fine the only person i struggled with was paul mclaughlin i love you paul
0: um, and we, I could, we even struggle with so Paul so it's funny. I could
1: un- Here's the thing about Paul It's funny because I could understand him But it was like my brain Was translating as I was hearing So like I would hear him say something And then I'd get <laughs> it <laughs> It was really yeah. funny um, I also will never forget Savannah uh, At Nidri Talking to Graham Who has a really um, thick Scottish accent and is just a lovely human being. And Savannah was trying to understand what he was saying. <laughs> and he's talking about curly whirlies. And he okay. was saying it. And he was like, just say it, just say it. And Savannah goes, cuddly, waddily. <laughs> and Graham goes, That was great. I was like, that is because she thinks you said cuddly, waddily. She did not way. roll her R's. It was so funny. Um, But yeah, I did fine, actually. But what's funny is actually this time I was so tired. I think my brain was like, I think I was just so tired from what a different transition it was. There's something about like knowing you're here for longer as opposed to a summer that even (laughs) I was so tired nights. There were nights where Pete and Lindsay would be talking and like they are not hard to understand at all. And I would realize how tired I was because I'd be like, I gotta go to bed. I missed all of that. <laughs> like, it was bad. Um, and did I do. Really yeah. <laughs> I think it was just like. Just speak well, what's funny, though, is that uh, last lockdown, I actually had that moment. And I realized that I was really, really, really tired because I was like, "Okay, I never have trouble understanding <laughs> Pete and Lindsay. I'm, I'm done with this day. Apparently, I'm going to bed." <laughs> Bethel is, is laughed that, at is me so hard. that
0: what you so that <laughs> you yeah. can get ready Pete's like,
1: "It's time for Faith to <laughs> go you. <away."
0: laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he knows my secrets now. Uh.
0: Okay, so you've done a summer here. Yes. You've went back home. Yes. Um, you are. Getting given this, apply for this internship, Mm. more long-term. What kind of things are you praying over? Because it's a a big decision.
1: So that definitely wasn't even on my plate right away. Like, not even close to right away. Um, I was finishing school. I had very different plans for my life at that time uh, that we won't get into. Um, And I want to now what I kind of want to yeah I know but, we <laughs>
0: want
1: uh, but really it wasn't like it was on my radar in a really back burner way you know like I enjoyed being there I enjoyed doing ministry one of the things Savannah and I did enjoy like when you talk about first impressions is we both enjoyed like the especially at that time because we weren't a plant yet like we had daily team meetings where we were praying together and like doing devos together yep. and that was awesome like that that was gold for us and it was funny because leaving they were like that's like are normal because it was at the time and like the smallness too like both of us were used to big churches and it just felt great to be part of this like small team um, and to pray together and to read the word together um, but yeah so I went home knew I'd loved it Pete bothered me for two years like he would just <laughs> ask now now he makes fun of me because like I came back I'm like yeah you bothered me and I came he's like yeah I bother everyone you're just one of the few people who actually came I'm like mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. I don't this feel, one I feel like now. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Well, I did call him out on that, so I didn't know that they were pregnant with Karis when I did sign up. And when I found out, I texted him. I was like, "So basically, you want a babysitter to live in nanny?" He was like, "Yep," <laughs> which has not been the case. <laughs> so let's be fair and clear. <laughs> um, but we did joke about it.
0: Um, okay, so it took you quite some time. It took then. me a
1: long time. Yeah, I so I went home, had different plans um loved being in cleveland uh and even honestly so at the point that my plans had changed i still knew i wanted to be in cleveland um loved it and felt like a life there not felt like i did i had a life there i had i was on mission there like um without being in full-time ministry like yeah i felt very involved and that was my community and then Corey, my pastor, and then a couple of other guys from our church came here for the first anniversary service, is that right? Yeah, for the first anniversary service, and I got a text from Corey while they were gone. He like, hey, so they keep asking about you, when are you coming here? And I was like, haha, that's funny. So everybody said hi, and then he was like, but seriously, would you actually be interested in coming here? And I was like, it's not that I'm not, like I actually am, but also, like I just want to be really careful about that like I yeah. don't want to go just because it's something to like just because I want to um I really feel like the Lord has things that I'm doing here like so I don't want to be quick to leave those things yeah. um yeah I was really hesitant and I mean like yeah I just I wasn't sure um and so he got back and we had a, he was like kind of jokingly but more seriously asked me too and again I was like cray like, I'm interested. It's definitely not that I'm not. It's just that, like, I need to really consider, like, is it wiser for me to stay put yeah. and, like, do the things that the Lord has given me to do here? And then, like, from there I was. I was praying about it. And I just felt like every sermon, I heard multiple sermons that were talking about being on mission. And when they did, I was thinking Scotland. Like, just really naturally, like, I could just think scotland and i was like okay um so i started praying a little bit more seriously about it and then just started to realize that the lord the lord does not need me here to do his work like that is clear (laughs) like he's gonna do what he needs to do however the lord calls us to be part of his work and part of the church wherever we are right and i just started realizing that while i was not specially needed here i was uniquely um in a position to be here um so i had a desire to be here i knew people here people here had a desire for me to be here which is big deal my skill set actually matched the things that they were looking for i'm available like i was done with school and i'm single and like i can do this i can pick up and move i don't have huge commitments like I have a life here, but I don't have anything that's like, no, I have to stay and do this yeah. thing. And so it was just becoming clear that I was like, okay, the Lord doesn't need me there, but like the Lord called me to do his work wherever I am. And this is an opportunity that like, all right, this actually makes sense. Like no longer does this feel like I'm going because I just want to go. This feels like, no, this actually just fits. This makes sense. Yeah. So I liked it. I was still super tentative. And I was like, Corey, I'm thinking that I might. Scotland. and I, Corey does not use a lot of exclamation points, so I will never forget getting the text back and being like, that is great news! Like, you have no idea how good it is for a church to, like, send a missionary, and I was like, okay. I was like, don't tell Pete. Because um, I wasn't sure yet, and so then I messaged Marcy in Kentucky, who is amazing, even though I've never actually met her. I've had so much interaction with Marcy, and I've yet to actually meet her face-to-face. So, I message Mar- I don't know I'm messaging Marcy I know I'm messaging the 20 schemes of office in Kentucky and I just email and I was like hey so uh, I'm considering like applying for an internship and Savannah and Dawson were applying at this time so that was yep. huge for me too watching them do it I was like oh it's like actually possible and hearing them be here um, and so I email the Barnstone office <laughs> and don't get back this general email no in like Five minutes, I have an email from Marcy that's like, I've been talking to Savannah. I wonder if you're gonna apply. I'm so glad that you are. Here's your application. I was like, okay. (laughs) And so, like, after about a month of this, like, once the ball has started rolling, it has become clear that, like, the Lord is in this and, like, the ball is rolling without me, like, pushing it. So I'm like, okay. So I finally get up the guts to tell Pete, who Corey has already told. Of course. (laughs) So I messaged Pete and I was like, so. And he was, I was, I said, I don't remember what I said, but he was like, oh, are you thinking of a promotion at Starbucks? I was like, okay, so Corey told you. <laughs> and so then Pete's response is like, um, yeah, okay, so do you think that you could be here in August? <laughs> and I was, this is April. And yeah. I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I was like, it takes a year for this process to happen. And what's funny about that is that a big thing for me actually is like, being in my 30s, it was a big deal to think about being here for three years, like a I year of preparation. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm 35. <laughs> <laughs> so preparation, like, and then going for two years, like, that was a that's a big chunk of time. And so Pete's <laughs> like, would you come in August? I'm about to sign a lease on an apartment. Like, <laughs> that's three months away. <laughs> and so I said no. I was like, they don't do that. And he's like, that, that, I was like, that's not a thing. And Pete's <laughs> like, that could be a thing. And I was like,
0: That definitely sounds like cute.
1: And then Corey's like, I mean, would you go? And so like the two of them are obviously (laughs) having conversations. And I was like, I mean, and I thought about it. And at first I thought no, like that's so soon. And then I was like, that leaves out an entire year of saying goodbye, like, and waiting for it to. Yeah, I would go, sure, because Corey's like, sure that we can like get funding by then. And I'm like, okay, guys. So I tell Pete that, like, I was like, okay. He's like, okay, well, then get your application (laughs) in as soon as possible. I'm like, okay. So then I, like, take the day off of school. I haven't graduated yet. Like, I'm working on graduation. I go to a coffee shop, and I, like, spend the morning working on my application. And, like, if you have ever done this application, like, it is a heavy-duty application. So I start filling it out, and then I remember that I have answered some of these questions. So I, like, happen to email Marcy, and I'm like, so my old application she's like I've got it right here I wondered if you would need it I almost sent it to you so she sends it to me so like half my application's already done I'm like okay score so then like just from there the ball just rolled and the Lord provided and I was here in September
0: so I think the real teaching to take away from this (laughs) Is the Lord loves peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that works. It's
1: crazy. Yeah. So, but very funny. Okay.
0: Um, no, that's really cool. because It was be very cool. Yeah. That was, a, that was, was a how you end part. up here. So that that is cool.
1: Yeah. And then I get here and I'm like, yeah. So, like, Pete's been bothering me to come. And Pete's like, yeah, I bother everybody to come. I was like, oh, I'm not special. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. So, yeah, my pride was broken there. That's good. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. Pete just moves on to the next shiny thing, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: who else can I get to stay or yeah, come?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've now arrived in Scotland.
1: Yeah.
0: To be part of Hope Community Church Program, yes. Which is awesome. Love um him. I'm sure you could probably spend another two hours talking about I'm
1: so sorry. Your, time,
0: so <laughs> your time here in Scotland so mm-hmm. far. Why don't you give us a very quick overview of your time here so far in, in Scotland?
1: Sure, um, global pandemic, (laughs) Yes, that's that's my time. (laughs) Uh, No, um, actually on that, I think something that I would say about my time here is that I've had several people um, just kind of for me and in wonderful ways, like in a supportive ways, I think it's wonderful. kind of lament that my time here has been in lockdown, but my response to that is like, it has been so clear That the Lord has had purpose in this timing. Um, And I'm like, of course, I wish none of us were in lockdown, but it has been really clear to me. I don't feel what I'm saying is I don't feel like it has been a wasted time. I think people have been fearful that that's how I would feel. I don't at all. I feel quite the opposite. I feel like um, there has been so much intention. Like if, for example, if Pete and Corey had not pushed for me to be here in August, I wouldn't be here at all. Like yeah lockdown yep, and the absolutely. pandemic would have happened because you'd I be coming
0: here what this year yeah yeah and, that would and i pro- no, like knowing no me
1: up. had the pandemic happened i would have been like yep whole show's off forget it i'm staying <laughs> here doesn't make sense like that's that is likely what i would have done yeah. um so the lord was in that part for sure i also think for myself um we uh, i'm careful about this because i have seen people come over in lockdown and i think like what the Lord has for them will also be beautiful. But for me, it was great to also have kind of a preemptive time of like getting to know people, getting to know my ministry role, yeah. getting to know the church here before the pandemic happened. So that so I you kind had of, what?
0: it must've been a good six, six months? seven months before lockdown. Almost,
1: yeah. Yep. So I had a good lead up of kind of getting a rhythm, kind of figuring out my place a little bit, getting to know at least a few people, um, so I'm grateful for that, Um, but yeah, so my role has been in um, trying to bring some structure to our kid work, Um, and yeah, it's been a real blessing, Um,
0: so that's like Sunday school, yes, yes, I I know there's other things that you can, you can expand on, but mostly, with with a Sunday, but it was to bring structure to that part of it on a Sunday,
1: yeah, and honestly, like, even if there were other things that that included, it has really become about Sunday because the pandemic cut out everything yeah. else, really, except yeah. for like holiday clubs and stuff, yep. and that has been really fun to watch. Um, but yeah, so I was here to kind of bring structure there, which is really funny because it makes it sound like I know what I'm doing, <laughs> I don't. but I've really enjoyed it um, and really enjoyed. I think my favorite part of that has been part of getting the kids to literally open up their Bibles, and that has just been such a joy. Like, it's great. Um, we just started doing it one Sunday. Like, we'd bring in a bunch of Bibles, and then we would have them find a verse, and they would struggle through reading. It. And it was so awesome too because a lot of them have become such so better readers over lockdown. But like, we had a lot of really early readers, and so to watch them like. Not self-consciously work through a passage like and th- is So great, yeah. um, and that's
0: massive for me to see that. I, I remember the first time I seen that on a, a Sunday school, and I was like, "This is so, so alien to me mm. that I, someone done that young reading a, a proper Bible. It's not even a kids' Bible. No. That it's a it's a proper Bible that <laughs> that I struggle to read. Yeah, and it was. Uh, I it was love great. it. Absolutely. it is great
1: and one of the things I had a conversation with someone here who was just talking about like has never really um, here being in the area um, hasn't really ever approached the Bible like as an adult and and kind of refers to it as a very delicate thing and I'm like I don't want our kids to feel that way yeah. like I want them to to feel they can pick this up they can look in it they can read it um,
0: and the Bible can be scary oh absolutely like where do they start yeah it's just it's, it's such a if you don't know the bible and it isn't installed into you that young yes it's so difficult to pick it up and, and start reading through even if you start on the first page yeah it's, it's not just a natural reading through a, a book
1: no and, and i and think
0: that's something i wish i had when i was younger so the fact yeah. that you've brought that and you're installing that in the kids at such a young age and they totally love it like
1: that has been the best
0: part is yeah, watching them
1: just eat it up like yeah that i treasure that and that has been awesome to watch and to just get to know them, um, yeah, has been really dear. Um,
0: so you have the benefit of living with, with the Stuarts. Yeah. What's that? Can kind our of relationship been like then?
1: It's been really good. And um, don't just
0: say that. Just I'm really. You're I'm you know. totally. <laughs> I'm totally not.
1: Like I. Yeah, I have really enjoyed getting to know the boys and Caris love that kid on a really personal level and like I feel like I feel like their buddy like I feel like they think of me as their buddy and it's just really dear um I got time with Nathan last uh spring when we had our first lockdown um we would spend like an hour together in the morning sometimes and I just grew to love that kid. Like, he was my buddy. He has, talk about a theater kid. Oh, my gosh. I warned Lindsay and Pete one day. I texted <laughs> him. I was like, I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but you have a theater kid. Like, he is. Um, and he is so funny and so clever and so sweet. And, um, yeah, and even just, like, it's been good to develop personal relationships with them as well because it has helped me grow, too, in how to speak the gospel. Like, I even yeah. just had a conversation with Josh tonight um, where he was talking about, like, yeah, just, I think maybe I was tired, and, like, that's why I did this thing. And, that, and it was, like, just gave me the opportunity to be, like, you know, sometimes we are tired, like, and yeah. I, I get tired, but I'm still responsible, actually, for how I act. Like yeah. I'm still responsible for my sin and that's really hard, but like
0: Man, it's true. That kid can rhyme off everything in the Bible. <laughs> yes.
1: And that's been great too to just watch them like grow and like and it's also been so dear to um I've since lockdown, um, I think some of the things that we try to bring to the structure now are opening the word with the kids and prayer. Um yeah. not with the ki- like with the kids, yes, but I've been trying to, like, implement prayer for the kids and yep. prayer for preparing a lesson. So before someone prepares a lesson, they're supposed to pray for the kids by name. Yep. And, like, that has been such a good exercise for me and, like, to remember our kids individually and, like, to pray for their salvation and, like, to remember them as individuals. And then it helps me also just, re- like, remember the different things they're going through. Like, they're a little, but they're going through stuff. Like, they're already, okay. like, you know, yeah. we talked about, you talk about... People's childhoods here, like that's what they're living right now, and so just and it's to so, pray—it's
0: so humbling, praying for them yes! on a personal level. Yes, right? we, I mean, <laughs> we all joke at the fact that none of us want to serve the Lord in the way of looking after the kids, right? We, we all say we'd rather be in here on a Sunday, and that always makes me so
1: piece. sad because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, this is so yeah, important. And, and it, is. it
0: absolutely is. Yeah, I, I think. By some of the stuff that you've you've implemented, it's really opened my eyes to that. That's awesome. That <laughs> we aren't gonna be here forever. No there's always gonna be kids that are gonna grow up to to spread the gospel yep. and to love Jesus. And yeah, and they're that's the why church. It's so like, important man. Like, And
1: they're unreached. Like they, yeah, you know, absolutely. they they need to hear the gospel. Just they, like we need to hear it on the yeah. Sunday morning. And anything that like again when I said I don't know what I'm doing like I'm not joking like this is new territory (laughs) to me and anything that I do I have like ripped off from what I have learned at somewhere like City Church where I'm like yeah this is important for kids like um and then just like I think things that my mom helped instill in me about children being important like and how they think is important and respecting them and realizing that they're little people like um they're not to just be brushed aside like absolutely yeah um, and even
0: watching them on a while during sunday uh, sunday school it's like sometimes you just wish you still had that childlike faith yeah Like,
1: well and then you can also immense. see when well, you can see the early things too like like i said like even the perfectionist stuff where you can start praying and being like oh, i know how that can affect you like and your faith yeah like i know how those questions you have like it is great that's another thing that i like To encourage is that, like, I don't want a kid to feel like they can't ask a theological question. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to have the hard discussions. I remember having a discussion when we used to get to have lunch with a kid who was like, Yeah, so I don't really understand, like, why God would create Adam and Eve and know that, like, he knows they're gonna sin. And I was like, I have struggled with this. So, like, you (laughs) know, just being able to talk with him on the level and be like, Yeah totally get it you should ask those questions also you know what helps me in this is remembering that god is good like i've struggled with this so much too but yeah. i have to remember that god is good like and if i trust and believe that then that helps me with these questions that are hard that you should ask yep,
0: absolutely. Um, yeah okay so you've been focusing on mainly the kids stuff and um, you've brought a lot of structure which we are all thankful for um seen a lot of change a lot of growth with, with the young young people what's your you've got what a year left or just over a year
1: six months is it Mm -hmm. wow yeah
0: okay i thought it was longer than that No. what's your plan for that time then
1: yeah so the other thing that i get to be part of like in the main year that i also love is women's bible study um and that i was able to kick off with that during lockdown last time um (laughs) we thought at that time oh we won't even get through one study in lockdown and we're on (laughs) like our fifth, <laughs> that's still a Zoom, <laughs> Zoom study. Uh, yeah, we didn't think it would last because we didn't think lockdown would last. Um, but that has been such a joy for so many of the same reasons, just like opening up the word with people, like with women, um, people getting excited about the word, like studying books that we haven't studied before. Yeah. I have, uh, I think as an adult Christian, um, I have such a new love this year for uh, the Old Testament. Um, And like we've been studying a lot of the Old Testament in study and just love that and love getting to know the women. Um, So that is something that wherever I go, like I want to continue that for sure. Um, But this next six months really looks like um, trying to transition well and trying to um, make sure things like the structure that we've all worked on um, is not dependent on me that yeah. it is a self-sustaining system that works for the culture of our church and that can be handed over. Um, and that also is not dependent on someone working full-time for it to to, yeah. to last and work. Yeah. So really communicating that vision and like doing some teacher training, um, that's part of the next six months. And then also just giving opportunity to more women to lead in Bible study, so um Dilly's been able to do that and then there are a couple other women that I'd love to see just kind of lead us through a session like in something we're already working on so that more people are comfortable just um, being part of that like Kara is great like she does that all the time Um, but to help her be equipped with other women in our church members of our church who are able to do that. Because we have women, and we're able to do that. Yeah. Um, and so that's also awesome. Like, looking around, I and mean, being like, the Lord has grown this church, and we have members who could do the things that I have come here to do. Like, f- example, like, not to put you on the spot, and I know you were saying, like, I love to be up here, like, it, and serving the kids can be hard. But, like, you are awesome downstairs <laughs> with the kids, and they listen to you. And, like, when you were assisting me the other day, when we got to meet together as a church, it was so great because, like, you anticipate well like you work with the kids well and that's just such a good thing to see and I see that in various places in our church so a big part of the next six months is like handing over these things Um, yeah and and just trying to leverage my time well
0: okay so what's just came to me is we now have six months to really be putting peer pressure on even more for you to, for yeah, you to stay. Yes, so that has started.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> that is Pete's new prerogative.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally realised it was just I missed a, a full year and it was because of lockdown. So almost, crazy. So. Yeah,
1: but also yeah. I feel like I've gotten to know you and yeah, Ally during that year, like praise for treat the tree fleet and the Bridgman's garden. Yeah. The Man. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like so grateful for that. And that's another of those timing things, like it's just been cool to see what the Lord has done yeah. during this crazy, And would, have, crazy would that have happened
0: if it wasn't for lockdown? Chiefly no. Maybe not. Probably, Probably not.
1: Yeah. I don't think I would have even had the same opportunity with Bible study for lockdown mm-hmm. or that we would have had the same kind of attendance with Bible study. Yeah. Because we have women from all over and being able to meet on Zoom, while not ideal, does create a better um, ability for consistency for people who don't live in the area yep. um, so that's been awesome absolutely um,
0: yeah.
1: again not the ideal we would rather <laughs> be in person yep. but there are there are pros to this weird weird time that yep. the Lord has used for sure
0: absolutely okay I think we'll come to the point now where hopefully you've prepared uh, uh, your favorite verse
1: well so we know how long-winded I've been so it's it's more than worse because <laughs> of yeah, course it's yeah
0: Okay, so why don't you tell us what it is, where it's from, read it to us, and then uh, talk us through why you why you went with it. I mean, sure. chat about that.
1: Sure. Sure. So um, it's funny. I was thinking when you were talking about a verse and speaking of being lo- long-winded, that like I think a part of um, my theology now too is that it is hard to just be like, oh, I love this verse. Like I feel like yeah. the Lord now. I love portions of scripture because like you keep going you're like yes, yes like (laughs) you can't you you don't want to take things out of context and stuff so I really love um, Ephesians Um, I am not going to read the whole chunk that I love because I was really struggling because I actually love Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 (laughs) Um, and I really love this chunk in one but I don't feel like it unpacks the same concept. I love the wording of one, but I'm going to read from chapter two. Um, so it says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Sorry, so long. But this, I feel like, encapsulates what has changed in my theology from when I was a kid and what has changed in the fearfulness of my faith before and the security that I have now and how that has changed how i feel about the actions of my faith so like this idea that you were dead in the trespasses and sins like i think once upon a time i would have been that person who like oh here's the lifeline and you hold on to it like this is the gospel no like before the gospel we have no ability to save ourselves like you were dead in the trespasses and sins that you once walked but because of god like verse four but god being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, so only he is how we are alive, and that we're alive in Christ, that it is only by grace, that it is not through works, it's God's gift, and yet after those things, so like what God has done for the dead that we were and made us alive, because we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So, like, after all that, like, God has made us alive out of being dead, and now he's given us something to do with that life. Like, not to earn that life, but because he has now made us alive and prepared these good things for us to do. Like, it's just such a reversal, I think, and an encapsulation of what I used to believe and what I now believe. Like, I can't be good, and God saved me anyway because he is good, and now he enables me to have real life, and I just love that.
0: And that's the gospel right there. Such a powerful piece of uh, scripture. So, so thank you for for sharing. That was that was awesome. Okay, uh, I think we're we'll finishing prayer. <laughs> Great. Um, I'll pray for us um, just before we before we say goodbye.
1: Cool.
0: Lord, thank you again for for this opportunity. Thank you for um, bringing faith here tonight to share our, our story. Uh, and a love of you, which is clearly very passionate about, Lord. I just thank you that Faith was able to be honest, um, and yeah, was able to speak about um, the trials that she's had over the years, and how she's continued to lean on you, Lord, and how she she knows the importance of of a church's life, Lord. We can't do it on our own, and we know that we need you, Lord, but we also need a church that you've provided brothers and sisters that you have saved along with us Lord so I just ask that you continue to, to grow your church not just in, in our church but to the ends of the earth Lord because I know that that is your will that is that is what earth is for Lord it's to, mm. to spread the gospel all over so Lord, I just ask that you, you use people to, to do that we're all called to call to, to spread the gospel, Lord, but I ask that you use people like Faith within ministry to to really um do that, Lord. I'm thankful for what Faith has brought to our church. I'm thankful that she sees the love and the and she's encouraged by, by the kids here at the church, that she knows that without them, Lord the future is really bleak and she knows that that they'll grow up to love you lord and they'll continue to share your word so lord i just ask that you you bless the work that she's done here uh, and whatever happens to faith in the future that she'll continue to do that work and continue to thrive whatever whatever you take her lord i bring these things to you tonight in your name and your your son's name jesus amen amen Amen. just before we leave i have one thing i ask you to do sure. i'm just going to put you in a spot here okay. give us your best scottish accent
1: oh lord i can't turn it on like that
0: well you have to exactly i know
1: but i don't do it here because people make fun of me That's but then right. I, i'll like lilt suddenly also there's so many dialects i don't know what to say i don't know <laughs> sorry
0: okay we'll let you away with it then. okay good let you away it. thanks for coming thank you absolutely fantastic right, i really enjoyed that. so thanks Ants. thanks for sharing and Appreciate thanks it. for listening troops <laughs> Thank you for listening to the My Hope Story podcast. To find out how you can have your own hope story, go to www.myhopestory.co.uk.